Can I just say, you guys are phenomenal worshipers. How good was worship? I think, I think we're gonna have the worship team back up here before we go, is that okay? Okay, cool, we're gonna do that, we're gonna do that. Let's pray, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the significance of today, Palm Sunday. And uh, I thank you that in seven days, we're gonna remember what you did. And in 10 days, we're gonna celebrate that the grave was left empty. So we thank you for the opportunity to invite people to join us for our Easter weekend services. Lord, I pray that you will give us opportunities, that you will lead us, that you will put people into our life to invite them to hear the greatest story ever told about the greatest man and his name is Jesus. So thank you for tonight. I pray that you bless us and you bless everyone here in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Give some Bluetooth high fives as you take your seats. So good. You guys all having a good weekend? Are you guys enjoying the last bit of summer weather before we head into a cold winter? No, is that just bringing a depressing thing before we start? Let's not do that, let's not do that. But uh, we are pumped, it's been a good Sunday, and uh, we're gonna end off, which I'm praying is gonna be on a bang in Jesus' name. And uh, I wanna let you guys know that today is Palm Sunday. And it's a good day, it's Palm Sunday. We're gonna speak about Palm Sunday. And uh, before I go on, I wanna share some stats with us tonight. Can I share some stats with us? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not even gonna say it. Thank you for that, I appreciate it. You see, artists, every now and then I do like to show off with numbers, but um, it's not very often. And uh, mass was never my thing. I wish, I'm not gonna say that the parents in the room, but mass, I wish took mass lit. I said it, there we go. But anyway, let's move on. Essentially, Palm Sunday marks the last seven days that Jesus was alive on earth. And Matthew, the book of Matthew, devotes two-fifths of his whole book to the last seven days or the last week of Jesus' life. Mark devotes three-fifths of his gospel to the last week. Luke devotes one-third of his gospel to the last week. There are 21 chapters in the book of John, and... (laughs) My mass is bad. The last nine chapters all devoted to the last week. More, more stats, more numbers, if that's okay. There are 89 chapters collectively in the four Gospels. Four cover the first 30 years of Jesus' life. Out of, <clears throat> sorry, the last 29 cover the last week of his life. And the reason I want to share that with you is because clearly the last week of his life was significant. It was significant, it was monumental, it shaped history, it, it, it taught us lessons, it, it showed us some things that we need to apply to our lives, we can be practical to our lives. So there was a lot of emphasis on the last seven days of his life. So I wanna encourage you, Palm Sunday is not just a day that, that we just celebrate at church, it's a significant day because it marks the last seven days of his life on earth and we get to learn so much from him. And I wanna bring us to Matthew 21 verses 1 to 11, and that's really where we get to celebrate Palm Sunday. And and I want to forewarn you, if that's okay, we're going to learn about some people who celebrated Jesus, but then we're going to learn about a donkey. We're going to learn about a donkey. Can you believe that we can learn some really valuable lessons from a donkey? We're going to. And I want to, again, forewarn you, I might compare you to a donkey, if that's okay. Because I compared myself to a donkey. I'm just throwing it out there. It's not just you, it's me too. But I want to compare the crowd and the donkey and how we can live a life that we can glorify Jesus. Is that okay? 
Okay, Matthew 21, this is 1 to 11, this is what it says. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, again, big words, my bad. On the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt, untie her. <laughs> untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Verse five, say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a, on a, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth in Galilee. Zechariah 9 verse 9, and this is the fulfillment that was spoken about. This is what Zechariah 9 verse 9 says. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. That is the day they celebrate Palm Sunday. It was the day that marked the last seven days where Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, humbled himself on a donkey as he entered into Jerusalem. It's great. We see the crowd celebrate. We see the crowd lay their cloaks. Some used to cut branches and, and lay the branches on the ground. But I wanna bring us to Luke 19 verses 39 to 44 because the crowd's response might not be what it seems to be. And this is what Luke 19 verses 39 to 44 says. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you where your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you, hem you on every side. They will dash you to the ground and your children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. That's a significant scripture, church, because we see this crowd who by their actions were glorifying Jesus, going, hey, he's here, the king is here. They laid down their cloaks on the ground. They made the effort to cut some branches and, 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 and put it on the ground so that the donkey wouldn't be on hard ground. There'd be something for him to walk on. Yet Jesus says when he walked in, when he rode into Jerusalem, he wept because they were missing the point. They were missing the point. You see, they rejected the true message of Jesus. Their actions, they were saying he's the king, but in their hearts, they were going, he's not my king. Their actions seemed good, but their hearts weren't in the right place. And we see later on when, when the trials became a bit harder, when Jesus faced persecution, when, when it just seemed like there was no hope, the same crowd that caught out Jesus is the same crowd that ran away. It's the same crowd that dispersed. It's the same crowd that rejected Jesus on the cross. 
It's the same crowd. The actions were good, but their hearts were not aligned to Jesus. We learn lessons from the crowd as we learn lessons from the donkey. We learn lessons from the crowd as we learn lessons from a donkey. And that's what we're going to speak about tonight. There's three things that we can compare with the crowd and the donkey. Is that okay? I hope I haven't offended anyone by comparing us to donkeys. I'm just throwing it out there again. Can I carry on? Okay, cool. Only a few people said yes, but I think that's all I need. Point number one. There was an available donkey and a crowd full of ability. There was an available donkey, but a crowd full of ability. You see, the donkey, he had an ability to carry someone. There was an ability. But what made him significant was that he was available to carry someone. He was available to carry Jesus. I've got no doubt that there were talented people in that crowd. There were anointed people in that crowd. There were people with incredible futures in that crowd. They had all the ability in the world, but when times got tough, they went away. They ran away. They weren't available to be used by Jesus. Church, can I ask us tonight, with all the ability that God has blessed you with, with the calling that He's put on your life, with the talents He's given you, are we available to be used by Him? You see, the donkey, the simple donkey on his four legs or her four legs had the ability to carry and was available to do so. That crowd was able to have their lives changed and to be used significantly by Jesus, but they were never available. The donkey was available, but the crowd wasn't. It says in Romans 8 verse 9, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they, be, they do not belong to Christ. If we have the Spirit living in us, we've got to make sure that we're available to be used by Him. We've got to make sure that when something comes up, we're not going to run away, but we're going to carry the presence of Jesus. That we're going to carry the Holy Spirit wherever we go because we're available to be used by Him. We all have the ability to carry the Spirit of God, but are we available? You see, it's a significant season to carry His presence because we're heading into Easter. We're celebrating the greatest story ever told. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know what I'm talking about. Let me give you a picture of next week. Next week, we remember that Jesus died on the cross for us on Friday. On Sunday, we celebrate that the grave they put Him into was empty because they couldn't kill him and he rose back to life. That's why next week is so significant. Church, I wanna encourage you. We have the, the, the opportunity to use the ability, to use the power that's in us, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is, is living inside of us. We have the ability to take that presence to people this week and invite them to come to church. But are we making ourselves available to do that? And that's just Easter. This is significant for our lives. We have the ability to do what God has asked us to do, but are we making ourselves available? You see, the crowd were never available. And because they were never available, they ran when things got tough. So again, I wanna ask you, are you available to be used by God? <clears throat> There's power in the invite. I'm here because of an invite. 
Many of you know my testimony, but for those of you who don't know, my cousin invited me when I was seven years old to come to Kids Church. There's a power in the invite. I'm now 29 years old. 21 years later, God has moved in my life. I wanna encourage you, what could happen in 21 years time on the back end of your invite to someone this weekend? It's interesting to think about, hey, because we might not be able to see in 21 years time, but that's the beauty of Jesus. It's the beauty of his power. It's the beauty of him using us because we don't know, but he does. So church, I wanna ask you again, are you making yourselves available to be used by God, not only this week, but in your lives? 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. We have an opportunity this week to be examples at home, in our workplace, in our schools, in our community, but the only way we can be an example is if we make ourselves available. Point number two, there was a committed donkey and an emotional crowd. There was a committed donkey and an emotional crowd. Now, the reason I say that is because we can compare the situations to essentially being the same. The donkey, who had never been ridden before, was carrying Jesus, our Messiah, the King of Kings. And he was walking into Jerusalem where there were hundreds of people screaming the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but that would have been quite a, a, a crazy environment to be in for the first time. Can we all agree? If you're an animal who's never seen people before, or at least that amount of people, or that noise, you're probably gonna freak out. But in the moment where it was crazy for the donkey, he stayed committed to what he was called to do. When things got crazy for Jesus, the people who shouted his name, the people who called his name, the people who proclaimed him as the King of Kings, they got emotional and they ran away. They let the emotions lead them. Are we people who let our emotions lead us or are we people who let our commitment lead us? Jesus was committed to dying on the cross. I've got no doubt that in that moment he was scared because he knew what was coming. He probably got a bit anxious, but he never let his emotions stop him from fulfilling the purpose that God had for him. Listen, I'm with you. It's crazy times we're living in. There's so much uncertainty. The world is crazy right now, but God is not and God is good. And no matter what we're facing, don't let your emotions lead you. Let your commitment to Jesus lead you. Jesus is constant. Jesus is forever. He is unchangeable. He is good always. The donkey was committed, but the people were emotional. Are we emotional people? You see, sometimes we forget that an unglamorous calling or this unglamorous uh, purpose actually has a real significant purpose for eternity. I wanna honor Ryan Sayers. Where's Ryan Sayers? I swim at the back, there's Ryan. Everyone go look at Ryan. Hey, Ryan. I wanna honor Ryan purely because not only does Ryan serve on our worship team, but he serves on our coffee team. And 
it doesn't matter where he's asked to serve, he serves regardless because he's committed to God and he's committed to his house. Ryan doesn't go, you know what, I don't feel like making coffee today, so I'm not gonna make coffee today. Or Ryan doesn't go, I don't feel like worshiping today or leading us to worship, so I'm not gonna lead us to worship today. Regardless of what is expected of him, he's committed to serving God and he shows up every single time he's asked to. And the reason I, I thought about Ryan is because after a long day of serving this morning, myself and Lungi asked him to come and help us hang up posters in Camps Bay. Now, if you've ever hung up posters, Dieter will be the first one to put his hand up. It's quite a significant job, right? Because you either faced with gale force wind or you faced with cars hooning at you or just, it's, it's, it's a weird, crazy environment you don't really want to be in, but it's, it's good though. Ryan said, yes, I'm gonna come and help you. He knew, he's done it before. He knew what he was gonna face, but he wasn't like, I'm actually really tired. I really wanna go home. I don't wanna do it. But you know what? After a long morning, Ryan said yes, because he's committed to the vision. He's committed to God. He's committed to people. He's committed to people entering into heaven. Church, I wanna encourage you. Things will get crazy. It's how the world is wired. We don't live in a perfect world. We're gonna face trials. We're gonna face tribulation. We're gonna face uh, the valleys. But when we face that, don't run away from the purpose that God has for you. Stay committed to what Jesus has called you to do because when you've committed and when you've staying committed, he will sustain you to get through it. Nowhere when the donkey was going through Jerusalem did he kick Jesus off and run away. God got him through the whole journey to where he needed to go because he was committed to what he had been called to do church, we've all been called. We all have a purpose. No one was made by mistake. I think I need to say that tonight. You're not here by mistake. You're not on this earth by mistake. Your very presence is because God has called you to do something significant for his kingdom. Many things for his kingdom. But he's asking you, are you gonna be committed to what he's called you to do? Or are we gonna be people who run away when times get tough? I'm grateful that the donkey taught us that no matter what was in front of him, around him or behind him, he still carried the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He stayed committed to his calling. Matthew 22 verse 14 says, <clears throat> for many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. And the reason that scripture is there is because we've all been called. But the few that are chosen are the ones who committed to what God has called them to. Again, it might not be the most glamorous thing, but it doesn't matter because every purpose, every calling, every plan from God has got a significant eternal purpose. So I wanna encourage you, whatever you're called to do, whatever you're facing, stay committed because God will get you through it. Stay committed. Let's not be led by our emotions. Number three, the donkey had heart the crowd had action. The donkey had heart, but the crowd had action. Everything that the crowd did, the crowd did, was completely out of action. Their heart was never in it. Their heart was never in it. That's why Jesus said, you cannot see what is happening today. You blind to what is really in front of you because their heart wasn't with Jesus. It was just their actions. Their heart wasn't in the right place. Church, can I ask you the question, 
Where's your heart tonight? Where's your heart right now? Is it a heart for God? Or is it a heart for the world? You see, the people were living for the world. Their heart was in the world. That's why it was so easy for them to get up and walk away. That's why it was so easy for them to get up and reject Jesus. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the very King who they said, here is the King. It's because their heart wasn't with Jesus. But the donkey had heart. There's a story of a lawyer. And this lawyer was a, a, a lawyer who essentially was an alcoholic. And uh, every day he would end work and go to the bar. He would get drunk and come home. Then when he would leave for work, he would stop at the bar so that he could get his morning fix to help him get through the day. And he did that for a very long time. And naturally, because there was this addiction in his life, because he was struggling with, with, with alcohol, it started to affect his relationships at home. It started to affect his relationship with his wife. He had a young daughter, and it started to affect his relationship with her, and he was blind to it because he just saw alcohol. That's all he lived for. And then one day, he, he, he got dressed, and he packed his bag and, and left for work. And as soon as he got to the bar, he opened the door, he turned around, and he saw his daughter. His daughter followed him step by step to the bar because she was worried that he was never going to come home. So he, obviously it was winter, he picked his daughter up and he ran home. But he noticed something. He noticed that there was only one set of footprints because the daughter followed his footprints every step of the way. She stood in his footprints. And in that moment, he had a realization that his daughter had his heart. And he knew that something needed to change. And because he understood that his heart was in the wrong place, but his daughter had his, his behavior changed. When we have God's heart, our behavior will change. When we're living a heart after God, we're gonna stop doing things and we're gonna start doing things that's gonna glorify God. We're gonna start doing things that we're gonna live in obedience to Him. We're gonna change our behavior. We're gonna change the way we live because our heart is off ourselves. Our heart is for God. He changed his life. So that's why I'm asking, where is your heart? Is your heart after God's own heart? Or is your heart after the world's? Is it after addiction? Is it after a certain lifestyle? Is it after a certain image that this world portrays you to, to live by or, or, or look like or, or, or the social status or this money status? Where is your heart? Because if your heart's for God, your behavior changes. When things get tough, we don't run away. We stay because we know God's heart. We know His goodness. We know his, his, his love for us, His grace for us, His mercy for us. So the donkey had heart, but the crowd didn't. So again, where is your heart? There's three practical steps, if that's okay. Are you guys with me? Yeah. Okay, good. If I offended you with the donkey, ask, forgive me. Forgive me. To help us, be like the donkey <laughs> and not like the crowd. I wanna encourage us to apply some things in our life. The first thing I wanna encourage you to apply is we need to make time. We need to make time with God. 
Dieter said it earlier. Matthew 6, verses 33 to 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow you will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Make time with God. Spend time with God. Spend time in His presence. Spend time in His Word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in worship. Let Him shape your heart. Let Him fill you. Let Him anoint you. Let Him baptize you afresh every single morning. But church, I'm asking you, are you spending time with God? Because if we're not spending time with God, when things get tough, I promise you, it's gonna be easy to walk away. It's gonna be easy to run away. It's gonna be easy to reject Jesus because you might not know Jesus the way he wants us to know him. Make time for God. Number two, remind ourselves daily of our calling. Can I encourage you to do that? Write it somewhere big and bold on your wall or your fridge or your phone. I am called, simple as that. I am called to remind yourself daily that God has got such a wonderful purpose, such a wonderful plan, such a wonderful future for your life. But if you aren't reminding yourself of the promises of God daily, it's gonna be so easy to forget them. So when times get tough, we aren't reminding ourselves of His promises, we're thinking of doom that's essentially pending in front of us. Remind yourself daily that you are called. Remind yourself daily that you are called by God and He has promised to prosper you and not to harm you. Number three, if I can get the keys up, please, is to check your heart. Check your heart. Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. You see, it's easy to say that you have a heart after God's own heart but there might still be things in there that's holding you down. There might still be things in your heart that's saying, no, 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 let's only give God 25% of our heart or a small portion of our heart. We're gonna give the rest to whatever else there is in the world. There might be things in your heart that's offending Him. There might be thoughts, there might be ideas, there might be images, there might be addictions. I don't know what's in your heart, but God does. Take the time to ask Him to search your heart so that you can have a heart after His. He wants His church to have a heart after His. And I wanna end with this picture, if that's okay. In Luke, Jesus says to His disciples several times, I want you to go and untie the donkey. Go and untie the donkey. Go and untie the donkey. Remember, that donkey had never been ridden before. So it got me thinking, how long, or for how long of that donkey's life was it tied to a pole? Staying in one spot, where it wasn't living in its purpose. How long? And all it took was for two disciples to go and untie that donkey, to release it from the thing that it was bound to so that it could walk to the purpose that it had been designed for. It was released from its bondage. 
so that it could walk to its purpose and walk in its purpose. How many of us tonight are living a life where we are bound by things that's stopping us from walking in the purpose that God has for us? We're in our life, we're stuck to this pole and no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, we just can't get away from it. We feel bound by it, we feel chained to it, we feel like it's just on us all the time. We can't live in this purpose that God has for us. But can I encourage you? All it takes is to bring Jesus into your life. And He is faithful to break the bondage. He is faithful to set you free. He is faithful to forgive you of your sins. He is faithful to allow you to walk in the purpose that He has for you. You don't get purpose when you're saved. You were born with purpose. You were born with a future. You were born with a plan. Your plan isn't made up when you accept Jesus. The day you were born, before you were born, God had an incredible purpose for you. You have a purpose from God. You know you have a purpose from God because we all have eternity in mind. It's as simple as that. We understand that there's something greater than ourselves. But maybe you feel bound to that and you just can't live. Or you don't feel like you can just walk in the purpose that God has for you. I wanna encourage you to invite Jesus into your life, to invite Jesus into your heart because He's faithful to forgive you of your sins and to set you free so that you can walk in the purpose that He has for you. So can we close our eyes? Is that okay? Just out of a, a sign of respect. If you're sitting here tonight, I wanna encourage you. Galatians 5 verse one says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. I'm gonna read that again. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. We aren't called to live lives of slavery. We aren't called to live lives where we're bound by addiction, where we're bound by sin, where we're bound by the things that are pulling us further and further away from God. We are called to be set free by Jesus so that we can walk in His purpose. If you're sitting here tonight and you feel like you are bound and you feel like you're a slave to an addiction or to your sin, I wanna encourage you, Jesus will set you free if you invite Him into your life and you declare Him as your Lord and Savior. So that is you on the count of three. I want you to put your hand up. No one's looking around. This moment is between you and Jesus. It's a private moment. If that's you, on the count of three, one, two, three. Do you want to put your hand up? We've got a hand over here. Thank you, Jesus. If you know that you don't want to live a life anymore where you're bound by something, but you want to be set free from Jesus, do you want to put your hand up? Anyone else? We've got another hand over there. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else? If you know that this is the day that you want to be set free so that you can walk in the purpose that He has for you. Not to be the crowd, but to be the donkey that lived the life of purpose and fulfillment. Last call, if that's you, do you want to put your hand up? No one's looking. This is between you and it's between Jesus. Church, we're going to pray a prayer together and, and everyone's eyes are closed but if you put your hand up I want to encourage you our salvation room is if you go to the back of the auditorium on the left and we've got some people who want to connect with you but if you put your hand up and we're going to pray together as a family so can we pray Jesus 
thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I declare that I am a sinner. I pray that you forgive me of my sins. From this day, I declare you are my Lord and Savior. Today, I live my life for you. I pray that you keep me, that you guide me, that you show me your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, can we give Jesus some praise? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, I want to encourage you again. What opportunity this week, as today's Palm Sunday, over the next seven days to invite people to come to church. Five days, because we have church on Friday as well. I promise you, there's power in an invite. You might think that the person you want to invite is too far gone, their hearts are soft. They might say they're an atheist or an agnostic. I don't know what they say, but I want to encourage you, invite them because Jesus is faithful to save them. Don't be scared. Take courage and know that Jesus is good all the time. Amen? Amen. Come on, can we just honor that one more time? That was such a great message. I love that. I love that. I love how the message is always spoken so clearly and how God used Matt to obviously just bring such a clear message in this season. It's not, there's no bells and whistles to it. It's, it's a relationship with God. And that's what changes our lives. It's just a simple relationship with God. Hey guys, listen, we've got a power week coming. I've been saying it all day. We've got a power week coming. We've got Good Friday this coming Friday. Come on. And this morning we said it, if you're ever gonna boast in anything, like Romans says, boast in the cross. And so this week we wanna encourage you guys, why don't you invite somebody? As you leave the auditorium, we got a table with invitation tickets. Grab some, write some friends' names down and bring them with to church next week. We still got space in our 6 p.m. service as well as our 11.30 service. We are, no 11.30, no more, only 6 p.m. So we are gonna fill up 6 p.m. Can we do that next week, Sunday? Come on, guys. Other than that, if you made a decision to follow Christ, we want our team to meet with you off the service and they, they're just gonna pray with you. And yeah, guys, if you need any prayer, you can come to the front of the service at the end of the service. We'd love to pray with them. Other than that, we'll see you on Friday. God bless. Have an awesome week. Cheers, guys.